Good evening to you. It's it's 10.51 on Thursday, February 15th, day after Valentine's Day. Uh, Purdue has improved to 23-2 and by uh, scratching and clawing their way back into a game that they were down for a long time versus Minnesota. Minnesota played great. Uh, Purdue wins 84-76 to in Mackey Arena. Unusual times during the night. There was near silence in Mackey. Very, very weird to see that uh, at Mackey Arena ever, let, let alone uh, this season. Um, and Minnesota, quite frankly, just took the fight to Purdue by shooting the three-pointer really, really well. Um, Zach Eady got into foul trouble early, and that, that was tough for Purdue to overcome. A couple guys stepped up big, made big plays, and uh, in the end, Purdue kind of had a war of attrition against Minnesota. Make no bones about it, though. Uh, scoring 76 points on Purdue isn't easy. Uh, Purdue scoring 84 points is um, is is solid, but especially solid. That second half effort offensively was big. The first 10 minutes of the second half were big. I'm going to talk all about my theories, look at the stats, listen to what you have to say. But first, before I do it, you're probably wondering. I can already see the look on your face. Where did you get that sweatshirt, B Dow? Well, I went to Home Field Apparel. Head over to homefieldapparel.com. If you enter Boiled23, you get 15% off, but right now they have another code that I would highly suggest. Go on to Homefield's Twitter feed, find that code. Uh, because of the uh, relationship with uh, Purdue's uh, NIL Collective, you can get 20% off right now, and I'd rather have you get the extra money off than us get credit for it. Uh, it re really don't get much credit for it, honestly. But go find that code. You get 20% off at checkout. And I think if you've used our other code, I think you can use that one again. I'm not positive, but I think so. Um, and then when you're on campus, when you're on campus, there's there's a place you gotta you gotta go there, go there right there. You head over towards Vine, you head to the fire station, and then you just start looking around for Adam. He's gonna be out there probably. He's probably out in the sidewalk ushering people and come right in, come into the the warm glowing glow of my establishment. Adam and Jake will be out there. And inside, you're going to find burgers, beef, and beer. But if you want to go there before, if you want to go before and order ahead so your food's ready, piping hot when you sit down in a comfy booth while you watch some college basketball, uh, go over to eataj's.com. AJ's is a great place. Like I said, I love their staff. I love their food. Uh, look at me. Uh, you, too, can have a body like this if you enjoy AJ's as much as I do. I challenge you. Go make it happen. All right, so uh, like I said, Purdue has improved to 23-2. and two. This time last year, much different. They were 23-2. and two. That's the crazy thing. Now, let me ask you a question. If you're a doubter or a hater, whatever you want to say, whatever weird terminology you want to use, does this feel like last year to you? Does that, the way Purdue played, feel like last year? Because it's pretty different. I'll tell you why it's different. It's different because... Minnesota really, I mean, they played the better game than Purdue. They are hitting everything. Purdue was having a hard time getting out to them on defense on the perimeter. But they were knocking everything down. The first half, I think they, at one point, they were shooting well over, I think, close to 60% from three. They were hitting everything. But the big thing is when Zach Eady gets into foul trouble, it's, it's an issue for Purdue. Purdue has to change everything. The guys who came in for him, first off, Caleb first came in, had a couple really slick spin moves and up and under, really, really played big, uh, played well. Reminds you how good he is and how if, if he comes back next year, if he chooses to come back next year, I mean, I'm not trying to put any words in his mouth, he can be deadly good. 
um, and he is an extremely effective basketball player offensively. He just gets limited minutes. Um, but one thing he did, after he was fouled on the baseline, he missed a free throw. And that, that was a theme all night. Purdue struggled from the free throw line. Not only Zach, who was, I think, 50-something percent from the free throw line. I'll talk about it in a second. But the rest of the Purdue teams was struggling. I think they finished, I'm guessing, right around 60%. I looked, it was 60% with like six minutes left. Um, really struggling from the free throw line. And that makes a big difference. A lot of Purdue games where it's tighter than it should be, it comes down to doing the little things. One of the little things you can do is make free throw free throws. Also, in the first half, they turned over the ball a ton. I believe eight turnovers in the in the first half. I don't know how many they ended the game with. Zach Eady, though, got to, got to play a more unencumbered brand of basketball in the second half. Braden Smith played absolutely huge. Uh, when Purdue needed buckets, Braden Smith made them. Lance Jones had a second game in a row where he's a little bit off, not as off as last game, but his three-point shot, he's pushing it a little bit. It looks like, I mean, I think he had two, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he had two air balls where he just pushed the ball to the side. Um, he's got to slow down. Got to get back to where he was, get comfortable again. But part of the reason he was uncomfortable, Minnesota was playing at a high pace, really impressive pace. Hawkins is very good. Um, Christie's very good. There's another guard on Minnesota that was filling it up in the first half. Then on top of that, you got Garcia, who's just tough to guard. He's 6'11", 6'11 and a half, and he can stretch the court. He plays like a mobile wing, but he's that that tall, and he's a long 6'11". I bet his wingspan's 7'6". Um, he's leaner than Zach, but he's quick on his feet, and it created problems for Purdue for much of the game. So let's look at the stats. Um Purdue improves to 23-2. and two. They win 84-76. to How'd they do it? Well, uh, much of how they did it was Zach Eady was Zach Eady. He was not able to get Joe Barry Carroll's record. I think he needed 20 boards. Instead, he gets just 15. 24 points, 15 boards, two assists, a block, but he turned over the ball four times. Uh, he also got visibly frustrated, which is pretty unusual. You could see a couple times he was he was mad at getting beaten on. One time specifically, though, if you were watching the game, you saw a guy named... Wilson come into the game. Wilson number thirty three. He looks like literally like a an old scrapper um, from the nineteen twenties, but he's about six foot ten, so he's a little different than those guys. But he has kind of an old timey mustache hidden under his beard, and he's a goon. Uh, he played football last year at East Washington, and he was brought in just to throw fouls at teams. He doesn't play very much, but today he played. He had a hook and hold that he should have gotten ejected for. He did not get ejected. That was one of the moments when I think Edie was starting to boil over. Um, but th they were throwing fouls at Edie, another guy that got a lot of, had a lot of fouls, trying to do his best. Payne didn't play dirty at all. Payne played hard. He fouled out. He finished with eight points. But they, they did what they could. They did what they could against Edie. And Edie, I think, um, was a little bit off his, I would guess, I don't have the minutes yes, yet up here, but I, I bet he was three or four minutes off of his average playing time because of the foul trouble in the, in the first half. Painter actually played, I don't want to say played with fire a bit, but he kept Edie in more than I thought he would and um, uh, played an offense defense for parts of the uh, first half, which was a little bit surprising to keep Edie from getting that third foul, but I was surprised he was playing that much. He must have felt like the game was teetering a bit into getting out of hand. I believe Minnesota pushed the lead out to double digits at one point in the first half. At the half, though, they had an eight-point lead, 43-35. So Purdue scores, what, 49 points? Yeah, 49 points in the second half. Um, pretty solid effort. Um, and it wasn't like some games where they get out to, you know, big lead because they're just playing a patsy. They just, they they were 
putting it to Minnesota and really playing a better, more efficient game. And also they turn the pace way up, which is really interesting. You go into a half, you're eight down, and you think that team just scored 43 on us, Purdue, them saying in the locker room, because um, Purdue's usually not down at the half. And instead of saying, okay, we're going to try to play a different pace, you say we're going to play faster and put them in the position where they're back on their heels. And sure enough, it worked. Purdue turned the pace way up. One guy that helped turn the pace way up came off the bench, Mason Gillis. Played awesome off the bench. He had 14 points, uh, four boards, three assists, but he was 50% from three, four for eight. Um, and more than just being 50% for three, he was looking for a shot uh, when other guys were not making their shot, and that's a big deal. That's what I want the mentality for Gillis to have. He's a good shooter. Even when he's not shooting great, he's still a good shooter waiting in the weeds, and he should always be looking for a shot. Pardon me for hitting that mic. It probably sounded horrible. Brayton Smith, like I said, very close to a triple-double. Very close. 16 points, 8 boards, 9 assists, 4 steals, and just 2 turnovers. Man, that's hell of a game. So, Purdue finishes the game. This is, this is you want to hear the key stat to the whole game. Here it is. Obviously, Minnesota shooting the lights out in the first half matters. But more than that, in my opinion, Purdue had seven turnovers in the first half, and Purdue finishes the game with ten. Another interesting factoid, at one point, Minnesota, I think at the, first, at the end of the first half, like I said, they were shooting the ball well, but they were playing really, really well on offense. Eleven assists, one turnover in the half. Pretty incredible offensive basketball. I think Purdue was not playing as well as they could on defense. In my opinion, whenever a team's shooting that well, you've got to do everything you can to knock them out of rhythm. Purdue was still giving up open looks even when they were down. But that, what, seven, eight-minute span in the first half where Minnesota was just thumping Purdue, um, it was almost like halftime came, like uh, saving, a, saving a boxer was getting beaten up and uh, him getting the time to, to go into the corner and take some smelling salts and uh, Painter did a good thing, though. He adjusted well. I think a lot of people give Painter a hard time for not making adjustments at halftime, but most of the time he doesn't have to in his defense. Most of the time, Purdue is just laying the wood to teams in that first 10, 15 minutes, right? So it's kind of good to fight through a game like this, but it's kind of crappy that it was still, what, a one-possession game with three and a half minutes left, and then Purdue made plays down the stretch and fouled both Payne and Garcia out. Garcia played huge. 24 points, three boards. It's excellent. Uh, Lance Jones. So he finishes with 12 points, uh, two assists, no turnovers. But he wasn't he wasn't hunting his shot. He was two for six from three. Not awful. But like I said, I didn't like what I saw. Um, so I'm hoping he can get some of that back. Uh, I, I think I think the big thing is it's a bit of a snowball right now for Lance. You can tell he he doesn't feel as good about his shot as uh, he did just a week ago. So he's got to get that back. And Trey Kaufman-Wren, kind of a, um, I mean, right right around what he usually get, puts up. But nine points and then eight big boards, two assists, and he helped keep things at bay while Edie couldn't play. That was a big deal. Again, another guy, like I said, off the bench, first had six points, three boards. Uh, let's see. So he only missed one free throw. He was two for three. That was a little hard on him, lumping him with everybody. Purdue finishes the game 59.4% from, uh, from the free throw line. Awful. Uh, made their threes, so 47.4%, and uh, field goal shooting was good, too. On the other side, Minnesota made all their free throws. Uh, they took uh, – Minnesota played well. They shot the – so they did end up shooting under, uh, under 50% from three. Uh, Purdue turned up the pressure on them in the second half, made things more difficult, uh, played tougher. I think Minnesota was playing hard. They were playing, uh, uh, Jay talked about this in our chat, uh, that uh, 
uh, Minnesota didn't look to be uh, at all bothered by the pressure that Mackey exerts on some teams. Played very, very veteran brand of basketball. Uh, Minnesota, I think they're on the bubble. They're 15-9 and nine right now, but they're playing really well. The problem that they've got, and they've done this a couple of times, LBD told me this, that they have the tendency to get leads and lose them. This isn't new for them, um, but it surely, uh, this would have been a game that could have helped get them in a real good position for the NCAA tournament. Thanks to all you for tuning in. Let's, uh, let's look at the comments. Um, like I said, it's not, uh, that's weird. Um, it's, it, it wasn't a thing of beauty, but winning, again, in the Big Ten is a big deal. It's unusual for, for a team to really give it to Purdue and really take the paint crew out of a game, but they kind of did for, I mean, paint crew was, 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 was crusty and, and veteran-like, and they kept fighting too. But uh, it was quiet in there for a little bit. Um, okay, Joe Inslee, he's first. Everyone is beautiful. And, oh, by the way, this is Purdue's ninth straight win, I believe. They've had a seven-win, seven-game winning streak, a seven-game winning streak, and now a nine-game winning streak. And next game, they go on the road to play the rudderless, uh, Holtmanless Ohio State Buckeyes. Indian Colorado says a bit of a cardiac game. Yeah, a little. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I was surprised that first half more than anything. So Ted Berkey, every everyone is beautiful. Yep, need to be inverse as well. Doubt. I feel gross about that one. May have vomited, uh, but a win is a win. Yeah, Anish, um, I, I blamed, Anish's brother came to the game. I don't know if you heard that on Handsome Hour. Um, Anish came to the game, and he brought his brother. It's his first time at Mackey Arena. He's an ex-grad, his brother is. And, um, yeah, you can blame him, because uh, he really, Anish's brother had a really bad first half, but he, he turned it on the second half. He's a fighter. Um yeah, Jeff says, how about that Minnesota tight end? Yep, that's the guy I was talking about. He's a big dude. He's bigger. He looks bigger than a tight end to me, but he's poured into that jersey. Ted Berkey, magic number is four to clinch a share of the Big Ten title. I don't think Purdue should think that way. I appreciate the stat from you, but I don't think Purdue should think that way. I think Purdue should be looking to pound, pound the league into submission. Win it going away again. When it's uh, way outright, don't worry about what the count is. Just go out and beat everybody. Uh, Nathan Dolent says, uh, does anyone else start cleaning their house when games are close? I don't, Nathan. Um, I, I just yell a lot. I get frustrated. It's a problem. But I think at least you're doing something positive with it. Good on you. That's very good. I wish I did something like that. Kevin in Albuquerque says, I've had my fill of remembering last year. Yeah, no kidding. That's a comment uh, based on something I said earlier. Vincent Moster says Gillis is the man. Gillis came up huge. That's uh, TBD, my my daughter. That's her favorite player. I think it has something to do with um, the way he looks, honestly, not just the way he plays. You guys might disagree. Uh, you may just be a fan of his basketball game, not my daughter. Uh, Joe Ensley says uh, all the bigs played well, Edie. Gillis, TKR in first. Yep, no doubt. Uh, Colvin got some minutes in the first half. He looked a little bit lost on defense. Again, this is probably, I said, if you're looking for a reason, he's got to sharpen up his defense. He just has to. Um, but he got minutes in the first half because of some of the foul trouble. Um, he's got to work on that defense, and I think he is, and I have faith that he's going to get better. Uh, so uh, he's got the right guy at the uh, teaching him. Uh, Nate Anderson says uh, Zach had a subpar game. He says subparty game. I don't think it was a party game. Uh, and many 12 threes. Uh, it's a tough win. I agree, Nate. Um, Vincent Moster, lawyer, had a rough game. Yeah, what was – I didn't even – I breezed by him. Let me look at that. 
Yeah, Lawyer had a rough game. And that's two in a row for him, isn't it, as well? Uh, three points and assist. Yeah, it's, yeah that's... that's um, so this is, if I was going to watch something, this is what I'm watching. How are Purdue's guards handling this pressure and the grinder of a, of a schedule? The problem is Purdue's came off a five-game or a six-day um, bye week, and then they had a five days off before this one. So there's going to be a little bit more rhythm now coming after these games. Uh, games are going to be closer spaced. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. Frank Sanders says, get the feeling for Purdue for some years to play down to the competition. The only common denominator is the coach. Yeah, I don't, uh, Frank. I'll tell you, I don't think that's true because they don't they don't play this way against everybody. I think if you're going to look for a common denominator, I would say the common denominator is when you have a team with a really dynamic guard and then a second off guard that can bomb. Well, Minnesota had Hawkins, who is really good with the ball in his hands, and the off guard can shoot threes, and then the other guard was shooting threes tonight, um, and I think that comes down to. If you have a guy that can knock down those balls and Purdue is over-pursuing on switches, they're, they're getting lost because sometimes Purdue guards struggle on defense against teams that run a lot of action around the three-point line. And then Garcia is really, really good. Big-time NBA-type body. Chris R. says, according to Minnesota Twitter, they've had a problem all year going cold for long stretches of games. Yeah, and that's what my son said. I think that's absolutely true. Brock Stepler says, boiler up. Actually uh, wanted to see how this team would respond in a game like this. Good win while playing ugly for the Boilers. Yeah, this is one thing. I think you can you can start lumping things and being negative about uh, everything you want to do. And you can you can put your perspective and focus where you want. I kind of want Purdue to have a couple fights down the end so they know that they can handle it. I want them to fight. I want them to be close. Maybe give me another one or two of those. I don't want really any more, any more than that before the tournament. But if you have a couple of those and you come out, victorious. Those are just reminders that you can win in a bunch of different ways. Um, I wouldn't say this was another manner of uh, pace or a style of play and anything like that. Like we've talked about that a couple times. It's different than that. It's just a team that was scoring and hitting a lot and Purdue had to kind of stay the course, but they really needed to, uh, to turn some ratchets on the uh, second half. And they really did a good job on defense. They were bad in the first half. Let's call it what it is. Um, Jay Huff said we beat a guard-heavy team that shot lights out from three. This team is built different. I like to look at it that way. I hope I'm right. Hope you're right. Man, our free-throw shooting is making me uncomfortable. 59% says Jatent. Yeah, that's something to be worried about. Uh, yeah, uh, Tariq Camel says uh, our defense and free-throws, yeah, they, they will make you cry. Joe Inslee, Garcia played uh, like he did against Purdue at the casino in Connecticut when he was playing for Carolina. Yeah, yeah, that that's... A good point. His hairstyle was different back then. Uh, but, yeah, he, it's let's not forget, Garcia is a big-time recruit. I think he's a high four-star, maybe a five-star. But he was a big-time recruit. He played like a big-time talent today. And, uh, yeah, it, it, he's a good player. He's a good player, no doubt. Nathan Dolent says Edie's uh, quick two fouls lead to lots of time on the bench, plus nine, plus nine Minnesota first-half threes. Kept the game close. Yeah, the record on the radio, they were saying the record was 12 or 13 three-pointers and a half. I, I don't know who it was by. And they started talking. Uh, Bobby Bucket started talking. Well, would they get that? Would they, were they close? And uh, thank God they didn't get much closer because Purdue would have had a, a deeper hole to dig out of. Um, Nolan23 says refs had Minnesota plus team. The refs were typical Big Ten refs in that they were bad. 
they were bad. They reviewed a fly, uh, uh, a foul late on Edie because uh, Payne fell hard. It was a collision of two massive men, and they thought they'd get involved. So, yeah, refs are refs. Uh, Jack O'Lantern 22 says, if you swung by AJ's pregame today, you might have seen a niche. Yep. Uh, I believe he was signing uh, signing kisses and autographing babies. That's true. He was. He, that's his thing. The signing of the kisses is pretty neat when he does that, but the autographing baby, babies is tougher, especially if the baby's asleep, you don't want to wake up the baby, but he always has a, he's a soft, soft signature with the Sharpie. And in Colorado, Purdue is such a better team this year than last year. They were really good last year. I, I think that's my takeaway. It's the way I'm seeing things. Uh, Ed Albanese calls the game ugly, but says uh, TKR can't hit nothing. Really needs help. I, uh, I here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and pull back on the TKR hate. I'll tell you why. TKR is uh, number one. I I still don't like that lineup that he plays much of his minutes in. Um, it's kind of funny. You look at. He's playing in a, I think it should always be Gillis starting, but um, Painter does it for uh, multiple reasons. There's a great article, though. There's a great article that shows how much of a difference in efficiency in a lineup can make. And uh, Adam from AJ sent it to me today. And it just talks about the best Purdue, the most efficient Purdue offensive lineup is Smith, Lawyer, uh, Morton, Gillis, and Edie. Um, it's just a better mix of players. Morton doesn't look for a shot. He looks to rebound and distribute and on defense. When Morton scores, it's generally off of a steal, right? He's not looking for a shot hardly at all anymore. I wish he'd look for a shot. I wish his shot was still better. Uh, Burden of Society, BOS, says free throws. Yeah, it's free throws are everything. Uh, Gerald Huff says Morton really put pressure on Minnesota. He was a difference maker tonight. Great defense. He um, he changed the trajectory of the game. And part of the reason, Painter knows those stats. Painter knows those things like, okay, the team is more efficient with him in the lineup. Uh, and part of the reason they're so much more efficient is just the way he plays selfless basketball. That stuff matters. Really matters to a team. Um, let's see. Edie was, Edie was 8 of 14 free throw. That's a reaction to what I was saying. Uh, let's see. Michael Ogg says 10 turnovers. Zach was 8 and 14. Uh, at the free throw line, the rest of the team was 11 for 18 at the line. Bad night. Bad night. Um, let's see. Go around a little bit. Brian T., definitely a higher stress level watching this one. Happy to see the second half response. I was stressed out. I was a little behind. I watched part of this on DVR. I took my wife out for dinner. I don't do the Valentine's Day dinner. And I made a mistake. I made plans with another couple. And so I had to catch up. Um, and so I knew that it was going to get better. And I still was frustrated. Um, still was very frustrated watching it. Uh, Albuquerque Boiler says, exhale word, man. Uh, Nolan 23, Wilson equals a goon. He should have been tossed. Brian T says, Colvin was getting lost on D a lot during the first half. I'm pulling for him to learn the system. Same here, same here. And I think you will, like I said. But I think you saw, I know there are a lot of people that are just Colvin apologists, right? They're just saying, put him in at all costs. But you can see when he is in there on defense, uh, it's it's so let's look at some other factors, right? A lot of people, myself included, called out uh, Fletch on defense because they said, okay, he struggles. So the guy who's backing him up struggles more. 
I think Colvin is a better shooter than Fletcher Lawyer. He is percentage-wise. He's a better athlete. I think Fletcher Lawyer is really, really sharp, though, understanding what defenses are doing on offense. He doesn't really force anything. Today, he didn't look for much of a shot at all. Um, but on defense, he struggles, but Colvin struggles more. The good news, the upside for Colvin, let's let's compare it to, I don't know if you guys remember um, when when Etuan Moore was a freshman, he was not a great defender. And Etuan Moore is not even close to the, uh, the athlete that Colvin is. Quickness, the ability to jump, that sort of thing. When you're that quick and you have, when you have lateral quickness and you can get off the court quickly, you can do a lot of things on defense a lot of guys can't. So I think Colvin's upside is there. I think that probably frustrates Painter a little bit that, he can't use that athleticism on defense yet. So, uh, but I think it'll come. Ed Albany says, how come uh, that hit on lawyer from Garcia was on lawyer? Yeah, that was a bad, <laughs> that was a bad call. A lot of bad calls. Um, let's see. Vincent Moster says, that foul they called on Fletch when lawyer knocked him over from behind might have been the worst call I've ever seen. No, we've seen worse. We've seen many worse. I can think of one this year. The one, um, that really got my goat this year. One angered me as much as anything. There were one, there's been two um, flagrants called on Purdue that were complete crap this year. But the one where Boo Booey um, stopped and then leaned into Jones uh, as he crossed the timeline versus Northwestern in overtime, right? No, it wasn't in overtime. I think it was in regulation. Um, that was that was a complete bullshit call, and um, yeah, there's been some worse, and that's just this season that one comes up. Uh, Vince Mostert says, "Okay, Jack Stuckey, water always finds it level. They reverse to their mean uh, with the three point shooting in the second half. They still shot it pretty well, but yeah, that's gonna happen, right? I, sometimes it doesn't happen in a game, though, right? Sometimes a team stays hot the whole game, uh, and they did they did cool off. But I think Purdue's defense had something to do with that. Uh, uh, B Wayne eighty five says, join late." Miss the IQ, ice cubes in the drink. Don't have to, don't have to miss it, okay? There you go. All right. Uh, let's see. B. Murph says Lance Jones played a little unhinged tonight with his shot selection. Completely agree. He was, he was off. Gerald Huff increasing the pace in the second half. Got many gassed. Yep. Uh, they were in foul trouble. Judith Johnson says, damn, Minnesota has some big, big guys. They got that one big, big dude, I think, specifically probably got your attention. He's a beast. Uh, let's see. Burn on Society. Uh, champions, second half. Uh, great D to start play. Good. Uh, looked like they uh, knew how to win. Let's see. I'm going to get the Oh, boy. Got a lot of comments still. Ben Cotton says, uh, I was really hoping Braden would get a triple-double tonight. Uh, he gave it a good try. I think he'll get one tonight. I still think he's going to get one this season. I, I know he's going to get one next season. But I think he's going to get one this season. In fact... The guy, the guy's good. I don't know if you know this. He was named to the what they call it, the uh, Naismith midseason team, and I don't know. I don't really know what that means, but I do know that means you're really good at basketball, and the Koozie Award can suck it. Um, Ancient Atomic Immortality says, "Yeah, Colvin's ceiling is crazy high, and we need to let him struggle to figure it out, uh, like we did with Ivy." Sure, sure. Different circumstances, right? You have to fit within a. You can't. You can't sacrifice a season to let a guy get to that position. Purdue needed Ivy to to look for his shot. Um, I would say Ivy was a better player out of the out of the gate because his his he was bigger and stronger right away. Uh, Colvin is athletic, 
But uh, I think the situation's different, too. Purdue has a lot more scoring weapons than they did when Ivy was a freshman. So um, you can remember, here's another guy, if you want to think back to another guy who got better after his freshman year. Carson Edwards played a lot his freshman year. Again, Carson Edwards was needed because of his atomic heat from, uh, from deep. But Painter would bench him at unusual times to kind of make sure he understood there's some things he needed to do. Painter loosened that that leash as time went on, and by the time he was a junior, Carson was able to play regardless because Paint knew he would shoot himself out of it. So it's a tough, tough thing. Coaching's tough. That's why Painter gets paid the big bucks. Michael uh, Ryan, Michael Anthony Harrington says Jaden Ivy was in the house tonight. Yes, Ivy was in the house. Katie was in the house, and Rob was doing the game. Uh, so that's that's good. Greg Mitchell, uh, Zach needs to get his free throw touch back, or we're going to see even more hack-a-zack defense. Yeah, it's a very good point. I think teams are going to dare him to get better, and he needs to get get his stroke back. Painter talked about this in a show two weeks ago, a week ago, that when Zach's not through shooting the ball well, it, the ball is rolling out of his hand during his motion. And... Um, if you see, he's trying to overcompensate by really flicking his wrist through his motion, probably because it's falling. I keep hitting the mic, sorry. Uh, probably because it's falling that way, I guess. It's falling towards his thumb side. But hopefully he gets figured out. Uh, I think it's um, I think it's it's a extremely important, though. Yeah, I'm with you. So we'll see what happens. Bill Keller, uh, Gerald Huff says, Bill Keller, I think, was in the house as well. That's cool. I used to know Bill Keller. I used to ride around on Billy Keller's shoulders when I was a kid. Not a joke. Um, yeah, but uh, I did. Uh, Billy Keller, uh, not a big man, but uh, he played huge. He was a great point guard for the Boilermakers and the Pacers later. So I think he's a Hall of Famer for both. But that's about it. That's a good, that's a good solid win. Like I said, Purdue plays Ohio State next. Let's look at the date real quick. I know it's, uh, it's in Columbus, uh, and it is on the 18th. Coming quickly. So... Um, Thank you for tuning in. Thanks to thanks to um, Homefield Apparel. Thanks to AJ. Thanks to Adam for for uh, the good stuff tonight. Uh, congratulations to everyone who's in the house for free chicken. That happened again. And uh, the uh, Joe Ensley says the game's on Sunday at one p.m. Those are that's a that's kind of a classic time slot for Purdue Ohio State, isn't it? I mean, I can remember multiple times where Purdue played Ohio State on Sunday afternoon when Moore, Hummel, and Johnson were there. Uh, one game was a win in Mackey. I think one was a loss, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a good time. That's that'll be fun, and we'll see. Will Will Ohio State play inspired under their interim coach? Is it Joe Diebler? former former shooting guard? Guy guy could shoot the lights out if you can't remember him. Great great shooter. Um, or will they come out and look confused and uninspired? Who's to say? They're they're more talented than they've been playing. They've got some really good parts. They've got uh, they're an interesting uh, interesting lineup because almost everybody well not so much this year. Zed Key's good, but they they generally have like a bunch of six six guys. It's not quite that way because Thornton, uh, the sophomore point guard, is still very good. He's tough as nails. So we'll see we'll see what Purdue can do. It's in Columbus. Columbus is a tough place for Purdue to play, and uh, I don't think it'll be very full though. It will not be. So if you it's, I think we had somebody say they were taking their daughter to the game. Might be a good game to look into getting tickets if you've got the time on Sunday. So that's about it. Have a great day. Hammer down. God bless you. I appreciate all you being here. We'll see you soon.